always forget. Yeah. Usually these things auto do it for you, so. Yep, there you are. Okay, and here we are. Uh, are you going to welcome them back? Well, I feel like we try to create a welcoming environment on this podcast, don't you? Folks, you better welcome back <laughs> to another episode of maybe next time. I am your host, William Lewis, my co-host, <laughs> Simon McCormack. That's Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, is our president dead or what? What's going on with him? Simon, how can you die when you've got a, a chemical cocktail brought to you by Regeneron? <laughs> what an incredible name for a drug company, by the way. <laughs> yeah, very um, Silicon Valley-y, I, I feel like. Yeah, but like Silicon Valley meets like Michael Bay thriller movie. <laughs> Right. Regeneron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what'd you take? Oh, it hasn't been approved by your lowly <laughs> FDA or nothing, but Regeneron's <laughs> got a pill cocktail that you do not want to miss. Regeneron and the FDA have never gotten along. But... <laughs> no. It's, it, it has the same... Um, URL ending as my online betting uh, site. It's .ag. They they're both they're both based out of the island nation of Antigua. Very hard to pin those guys down. Yes, they are. Sure, they do a lot of business in the U.S., but they're not technically an American company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, not good to joke about, you know, someone potentially dying, but, um, that is an outrageous, uh, name for a company, drug company. I think anyone can see the humor in that. Yes, that's right. We're just giving an, uh, an apolitical view on Regeneron. <laughs> but what we're also doing is we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things, Simon. Nets Nation, and my God, sure, there might be an NBA Finals happening, but really, the talk of the NBA continues to be your Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with the headline of the week. This one <laughs> sent to me by Simon. Headline reads, Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving raise alarms with bizarre Nets coaching plan. <laughs> Simon, why are the alarm bells ringing again with old Kyrie and KD? Uh, they are ringing because uh, Kyrie Irving has said uh, basically more or less that he doesn't need a head coach or he doesn't think the Nets need a head coach. Or that they have a head coach, Simon. Let me. I don't want. I don't want to misrepresent Kyrie yeah, here. So yes, let me let's just read, read the quote. Please do. Um, great line by Kyrie. Uh, yeah, Kyrie says it's going to change the way we see coaches. I don't really see us having a head coach. Irving said, "KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach." <laughs> so. <laughs> First of all, apologies to our listeners. In several episodes recently, we've 
been referring to Steve Nash, recently hired Steve Nash as the head coach, the new head coach of the Nets. That was a complete misrepresentation of what he (laughs) is because there are, according to Kyrie, minimum two other head coaches, him and (laughs) Kevin Durant. (laughs) But it sounds like just about anyone with even sort of a passing, you know, relationship with this team. Hey, they're the head coach. (laughs) William. I know the term uncoachable and Kyrie Irving have often uh, been linked, <laughs> but if you don't have a coach, um, why would you be coached? Right. You don't need to be coached. Both described this, according to Brian Lewis, both described Brooklyn's current situation as more of a, quote, collaborative effort than a mm. head coach. Mm-hmm. Now, Simon, I'm I'm personally intrigued by the idea of, horizontalism right Right, sure and and sort of getting away from the the various hierarchical structures that we've inherited from the past sure um but this this is out there (laughs) yes how do you how do you how do you feel about the new coachless nets well i i just think that it's. I, I urge people to actually go and listen to Kyrie, um, because as, as I said to you uh, earlier, William, it's not just that he says these things. He he doesn't say them in a way that makes it clear he knows what he's saying is like controversial, or like you know what I mean. He's not Bill Maring this thing. Like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna say something out there, you know, but this is how I feel. It's like he's just having a chat about some mundane thing. Like his tone of voice sort of belies the insanity of what he's saying. Um, And I don't know that he realizes that what he's saying, like when he's, it's the same thing with like his, um, you know, we need a, we need a a piece or two to join the following players. (laughs) Right. Um, But like that again was said in a way that wasn't like, I'm going to tell you who I want to play with. And, you know, this is just the hard truth of it. It's just like he was just, you know, I don't know, uh, Karis, Spencer, um, hmm, Garrett. DeAndre. Like, right, DeAndre. Yeah, so it's it's just um, it's just really bizarre, and it's obviously very worrying. Um, and I just feel like... It gets back to what I sort of said um, was my biggest concern about Nash and how he would get along with the two superstars, which is that um, I don't think that Kyrie will, like, hate him. Mm -hmm. I think that Kyrie will run all over him. And this would indicate that um, he's already been dethroned, that 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 could uh, indeed happen. Well... Did you happen to listen to the Steve Nash interview on the Woj pod? I didn't. I read like an article based on it, but um, I didn't actually listen to all of it. I tried to listen to all. It was so boring. I couldn't finish it. But um, <laughs> some takeaways I got when when Woj when Woj pressed him on perhaps the challenge ahead of him and dealing with Kyrie Irving, Nash went hard 
emphasizing that there probably wasn't a ton in terms of basketball that he would be able to teach any either of these guys, but that the thing he was most interested in doing is really getting to understand them as human beings. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's right out of the Kyrie playbook, right? Because in in that in his talking about the coach the coach situation he says i'm a i'm a human being first i serve my community first as though that is like how you like well does he serve his community because if so then he needs to like roll on that screen like <laughs> i just don't understand how, what that has to do with this particular topic at hand but it's very Kyrie, and so it's funny that nash is parroting some of that well, uh, another thing uh, when this uh, when this article was posted um, on Twitter that I commented was it is nice to know that if we're only going to get Kyrie Irving to play twenty games a season, at least he can be coaching for the other sixty two, right? Yeah, yeah. So when he shows up to the game, so at least the max contract is going to some sort of good use. Yeah, he won't <laughs> be at most of the games. Hey, Simon. That's fine. Chris Chios will be head coach that game. <laughs> huh? Ian Eagle, come on down. You're head coach today. Come on, Ian. <laughs> head coach is just a fluid concept. Right, exactly. <laughs> what is coaching? Right. It's certainly not something I like, so. <laughs> Poof, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'll be the martyr on this one, too. Right. Oh, God. And his reaction. Do you want to talk about that? No, I don't even know. Tell me about it. Oh, just him saying, like, I mean, this was his I guess his reaction was mostly to honestly his comment about sort sort of about LeBron. I mean, basically, by oh, not yes. mentioning. Right. So he also – this is not important to, to really go into for, for Nets um, purposes, but just, just as a quick background to talk about Kyrie's reaction video, uh, he said basically that he he's always thought of himself as the best option, like the best closer on every team he's played on, including the one with LeBron James. Right. Um, but now that he's playing with Kevin Durant, he, he, he can say you know that, that, uh, that Kevin Durant can do it just like him and, and maybe do it easier. Um, so that's obviously a, a quite controversial statement. Um, <laughs> but Ky- Kyrie goes in, and again, it's just like classic Kyrie, like, oh my God, it's clickbait society. People are, you know, speaking for me. Like, no, they're taking, as Jay Williams said, like, or maybe it was Richard Jefferson, like, we're just taking the words you're saying. Like you said it on a podcast, right? Like this isn't like sliced and diced. This is on an hour long podcast where you said this, um, and I think it's natural for people to take offense to it. And and seemingly in that video, the reason I bring it up is that, you know he could be also reacting. It's it's very vague, and he doesn't address either of these things head on. Um, but you know, just like there's no, there's never any like. Here, let me clarify. Here, sorry about that. I misspoke. It's always like somebody else's uh, fault. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there was a disaster in Boston because his grandpa died. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, yes, it's just another stunning example of how 
it's seemingly impossible for him to do an interview and not say something that will rankle someone and oftentimes large swaths of people. Yeah. Um, I think he is definitely the most capable of doing that of any NBA player in the league at the moment. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's something. If you can't, again, <laughs> if you, if, if you can't play more than 20 games, you got to fill your time somehow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any news on his shoulder? Yeah. He, in the podcast says he's healthy. He's healthy. And, and, and they talk about, uh, playing like one-on-one um kd and and Kyrie talk about playing one-on-one and kd i I, another thing that that we were talking about last night boy i don't know if you want to discuss this on the cast but i'm gonna bring it up so um but he it, it does seem like uh Kyrie is like the leader of those two like he kind of like KD kind of follows Kyrie's lead on, on a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I think that follows from like what we saw in reporting on them going, choosing Brooklyn. I don't think KD like woke up and thought I'd like to go to Brooklyn. I wonder if Kyrie would. Right. I think it was very much the other way around. Um, and just on the podcast, just the way I urge folks to listen to it, just the way they sort of talk about things. You know, KD is like kind of like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, it'll be a collaborative effort. You know, like, uh, you know, maybe Jacques Vaughn could be the coach. Like, he's just sort of like he's coming to this idea after Kyrie presents it. Um, And, you know, I I just feel like which is, you know, um, I, I, I think in a vacuum, fine for I don't demand that KD be this like alpha dog, but. Um, I think there was some hope by me and, and surely others that Kyrie would, uh, you know, sort of, um, if KD were like, Hey, like cool it on like this X, Y, Z thing that you're doing. Um, you know, Kyrie would listen, but I I don't know that's, that's going to happen. No, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it. And yeah, I think that you're right. Um, KD though that definitely the more talented of the two is not does not appear to be the alpha in yeah. the relationship. Um, all right, let's get to some other Nets news, Simon. Before should mention uh, this is the Joe Harris sign and trade potentials episode. Yeah, kind of late in the cast to mention that, but uh, if you <laughs> if you want a table of contents, here it is, fifteen minutes and thirty <laughs> seconds in. Um. So we will get to that in a minute, but there's some net, there's some Nets news that we wanna we wanna get to first, and uh, the first one is about your beloved, and to an extent mine, uh, Drew Holiday. Apparently, the thing that I want to talk about regarding this because we've we've talked quite a lot about it. I feel like on this podcast, the possibility mm. of getting him, going after him. What I thought was interesting about the most recent reporting is that the Nets have reportedly approached the Pelicans. So that oh, is, that is that. that is being reported that they have actually approached them about possibly obtaining Drew Holiday. Ooh, where was that? I'd love to see that. Um, I think that was the Athletic. Okay. Yeah. 
Actually, it was The Athletic. It was uh, Alex Schiffer does a Q&A with whoever the beat writer is of the Pelicans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I read that. Okay, got it. Yeah, so in that, it mentions that the Nets have approached them. Um, So, yeah, what do you think about that? Does that suggest it's more serious? Uh, I know that you're pretty willing to to throw all the assets we've got at them. Are you still I, of that, of that mind? I would like to keep one of Spencer or Karras. And hell, if you, if you, if you can get away with keeping Jarrett too, by all means, but I guess I, I don't know, like the way that those two were talking about it, it seemed like, the Pelicans would be more interested in, I mean, it's just a beat writer. It's not like the guy is in the front office or something, but you know, he covers the team mm-hmm. presumably somewhat familiar with their thinking, um, that they would be more interested in like actual players than in picks. Yeah. Um, and so to me, the, my, one of my biggest worries about the, the Katie Kyrie thing is like, it won't work out and we'll end up like the um, Clippers uh, who have just mortgaged their future. So I would rather trade, um, you know, yeah, I would rather trade Karras. I would rather trade Jarrett. Um, I would rather trade Spencer. I just think that then then give up a bunch of picks, like give up four picks or something. Right. I'm just thinking that they're going to be asked if they want players now – I think a guy that they might like, this is sort of relevant to what we're going to talk about. Are you going to talk about this in your section of the Joe Harris thing? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. I have like not. Joe, yeah. yeah, Joe Harris seems like a guy they might want because I know they're going to really want shooting. They have J.J. Redick right now, but I think it's I think it was only a one-year contract that he was on. He might have one more year, he but and he's one. old as well. Right. So it's so either could, way he's not. I could it. see them being very, very intrigued by old Joe Harris. So maybe like a Joe Harris and Spencer or Karras type. And then I really don't see them as as wanting Jarrett Allen. And that's why the guy kept mentioning that there could be a third team involved, perhaps, that would want Jarrett Allen, that they could then give the Pelicans something that they'd want. He's just sort of... You know, if they're having Zion play like four or five ish, and they have Jackson Hayes as a guy who's very, very similar to Jared Allen, that might not be a perfect fit for old Jared Allen. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, if if we're talking, if we're talking um, a Spencer or Karras and Joe Harris, kind of a lot, kind of a lot to give up for. Um, for Drew Holiday, but I do think Drew Holiday is the perfect fit for this team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I think, look, especially you and I have been banging on about the need for the Nets to to get defense, but people should should get on that ship if for no other reason than look at the teams that had success in the playoffs, right? right? Those teams have multiple good defenders. They don't have a – a mid-level exception good defender and everyone else is not (laughs) right you're not going to mid-level exception your way into becoming a good defensive team you're going to need to uh leverage some of your um players into getting a um a good defensive player who can also like stay on the court 
um, offensively. So, yeah. So speaking of uh, potentially available good two-way guys, what about playoff P? Yeah, I know. Did you see my um, that that tweet? No, what was it? Oh, it was it was just a tweet from a like Fox Sports Radio guy. So I am not saying to Nets Nation that this is a serious, um, you know, credible thing. But the guy was saying that his source says that there's some sort of thinking from somewhere. It's incredibly nebulous. It doesn't even say like the Nets want this or the Clippers want this or anything, uh-huh. but just a fun thought exercise here, folks. Would you trade? This is what the guy is saying. The Nets get um, playoff P, Paul George, yeah. whose stock, as we discussed, I think maybe on the podcast, but certainly IRL uh, is in the tank. Um, the, the Nets would give up. This would be a, a boat like every – this would be Jared Allen, Spencer, Karras, um, and a pick for um, playoff P. Wow. And do you do it? Me? Definitely. But I am curious what you think because you, I have not actually – I mean I would do it for exactly what we just were talking about. Like he's a two-way player. I understand he's been hurt. But he, he – and, and wasn't good in the playoffs, hasn't been good in the playoffs. I just think like – I, I just think as, if it's him as your third guy – like you, you, I would throw, I would throw a lot at, at, at that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's obviously extremely tantalizing. He's a max guy. He got three in MVP votes two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has an extraordinarily high ceiling. Uh, but yes, he had early playoff success on those Pacers teams against LeBron where uh, that was when he dubbed himself playoff P. Um, but subsequently had absolutely horrendous performances in Oklahoma city, really disappointed there. And this year obviously goes without saying another second round exit, hugely, hugely disappointing for a team that was, you know, projected to win by every pundit anywhere. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big risk to get rid of your three best players and a future first or not your three best players, but yeah, our three most talented non two superstars mm-hmm. um, for a guy who has been extremely uneven and, and somewhat injury prone. Oh yeah. The last few years. Um, but if you get peak, you know, Chris, uh, sorry, Paul George, uh, he's a great, he can be a great two-way player. He's a, can be a hell of a scorer. Uh, I think he'd fit really well on the team, but yeah, it's a, just a huge risk. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Right. If you can get him, <laughs> I feel like if you can get him, sure. Yeah. I, and again, I don't, please Nets nation. Don't say that we are saying like, this is, you know, active trade. This is, the guy, this guy is furthest from Woj that you, you possibly can in terms <laughs> of, like, someone that people take seriously. But, who who um, would you – who of these three – sorry, these four. Rank these four from one to four, okay, of people that the Nets could potentially get who you'd be most to least interested in. Paul okay. George, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, 
Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal. Ooh, really good list. Uh, I'm curious what you think as well, but I would say number one on that list is still Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, two would be Paul George. Um, and on this, I'm kind of factoring in like what you'd have to give up a bit. Three. Uh, sorry, it's Oladipo, and who is the other one? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Three would be Bradley Beal. Four would be Oladipo. Yeah, I think I would be one would be Bradley Beal. Two <laughs> would be Paul George. Uh-huh. Um, three would be Drew Holiday, and four would be Oladipo. Okay. I think people come... are very low on Oladipo. I, too, am pretty low on Oladipo at the moment. Yeah. Um, I... Did not see what you needed to see upon his right. return to really be that confident that he's ever going to get back to that one truly spectacular season he had. Yeah, and I, I think it would all come down to what what you're giving up. If, if you're giving up a, 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 a player load, like what we were talking about for, for, um, holiday, then I would say not, don't do it. Right. But if you're giving up Spencer, like sure. Oh yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, and the reason I put Bradley Beal, number one, Simon. Yeah. Um, though I do think th- that drew holiday uh, from a defensive perspective would just be, significantly better but is just the reliability of what you're getting from bradley from bradley beal he's extremely durable you know you know he can play off ball you know he can score a massive massive amount of points if you need him to um say if Kyrie goes out for an extended time he and durant could get you about 60 points a game between them. Right. Um, and he's just, you know, like I'm just the most confident in, in knowing who he is and what you're going to get from it. And what you're going to get is like one of the most high level scores in the NBA. Um, and then Paul George is my number two, because with the, all the others, there's, there's some, question marks, you know, about like their durability and will they be available? Um, and I just think that Paul George has the highest ceiling of any of them. Like I said, he, he was came in third in MVP votes two years ago, which um, I don't think any of the, the four people on that list, any of them have that sort of ceiling. Yeah. So that's my thinking on that. Yeah, very, very interesting. Interesting to, uh, to imagine. I know. Okay, so before we move on to Joe Harris things um, – do you think any of those four, in your heart of hearts, do you think any of those four will begin the season on the Brooklyn Nets? Um, I'm going to say no, William. I I would not be surprised if either a Drew or, yeah, I'm going to say I would not be totally surprised if, if Holiday ends up there. Um, but I, I would say it's more likely than not that the Nets sort kind of hold serve Pat because or hold Pat because as you've talked about, um, the teams with these players know that free agency is class is not good. There are a lot of teams who are looking to get better, 
and have no means to do it other than via trade. And um, I would suspect that there are more teams looking to improve via trade than there are players available uh, to be traded for. Yeah, I don't. It's just so hard to say. Like, who even knows when the next season's going to be? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's really hard to predict. Like, is this going to be a wild off season, or are people going to be, you know, trading a lot? Like, what's the cap going to look like? How panicked are people going to be about being in a luxury tax for next season because there will or will not be fans? There are so many other things. But yeah, I think, I think one thing. I I can say, and many people have said with some certainty, is that Bradley Beal will at least begin the season on the Wizards. Yeah, but all three of those other guys, I could very easily see being on another team at the start of next year. Uh, whether that team is the Nets or not is pretty hard to say. Do you, have you seen anyone besides this Fox Radio person talking about Paul George? Yes, I've definitely heard on a number of different podcasts that there are rumors that Paul George is um, not untouchable. Very interesting, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I don't think the Nets would get would would have the best package in that, but who knows? Um, just because I don't think I think they would want to get a star back. I don't think that they'd want. Uh, Lavert is not a big enough name, right? That's fair. Yeah. All right. So we are going to get into Joe Harris sign and trade possibilities. So I'd kind of like you to set this one up, Simon. What 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 is happening? Why would we sign Joe Harris and not keep him? What would we be looking for in exchange? Stuff like that. Explain explain this hypothetical here. Okay. Um, sure thing. Uh, so okay. Folks will know, diehard Brian Lewis fans will know that um, he mentioned in an article a couple weeks ago that one possibility for what happens to Joe Harris is a sign-in trade. So Sean Marks has said that his top priority is signing Joe Harris, but you got to think that there's a number out there that is too high for Joe Harris. And perhaps, you know, who, who knows? Um, the Nets are, are already thinking about moving on from him, but they would want, if they could, if they were going to move on from him, to get something in return for him. Um, Joe Harris, meanwhile, may want to play for a team that is not um, one of the, the few teams that uh, has a lot of cap space, and those teams with a lot of cap space by and large, tend to be not good teams. Um, your Hawks, your um, Knicks, um, teams like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so the thinking is, what would, um, let's say the Nets, just for the, this experiment to kind of work, let's say the Nets would be willing to take on $15 million in additional, $15 million or thereabouts in additional salary, um, but... Uh, any more than that, they're not willing to pay Joe Harris. So in this scenario, we would be signing Joe Harris to a contract larger than that and taking on somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 million could be less, could be a bit more. I, I won't, I won't, uh, you know, bite if, uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a different number, right. but that's kind of the general Death and taxes. 
Right. That's kind of the general thinking. And these would be teams that we could we could theorize that Joe Harris would be interested in playing for. Great. Um, do you want to see Joe Harris in a Nets uniform next season? Oh, yeah, definitely. But as you'll see, there are some players that I would be even more excited to see, um, even if it meant saying goodbye to Joe Harris. What about you? Oh, I love I, I'm a big Buckets fan. I'm a bucket believer. Uh, <laughs> I was wrong about Buckets. OK, when we signed him to the, his current contract, I was down on it. Yeah, um, as was I. I'm, I I now realize the error of my ways. I'd like to atone for that bad take. It's the only one I've ever put forth on maybe Nats time. <laughs> Everyone's wrong one time. Yeah, and exactly. only one time. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like Joe this one. You know, I I am very comfortable with um, Spencer and Karis, either one getting traded. As uh-huh. I as I mentioned, I'm even more comfortable with Karis than I am with Spencer now, which is strange for someone who has been a lifelong Spencer hater. Yep. Um, but and, and Jared Allen is one of my favorite Nets, and I would be very very sad if we let him go. But I think there's a very real likelihood we will, because one of my least favorite no my least favorite Net. Um, even worse than Kyrie is DeAndre Jordan. At least Kyrie, when he plays, is transcendently good at basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Joey and and Jarrett, I would love to still have on this team. And I think Joe makes a ton of sense um, to keep on this team. But I understand, yeah, if, if, he's, if he's too much, what could we get for him? What is your first one, Simon? My first one, William, uh, is a double sign-and-trade in which the Nets – in which the Nets send Joe Harris to the Denver Nuggets for jumping Jeremy Grant. Oh, you're not – you're telling me you'd want to pay $15 a year to Jeremy Grant? Um. Or thereabouts. I mean, I mean, he's made. He, I mean, he was he was great in the the, the playoffs, right? Oh yeah, yep. Um, but you know the the Nuggets. Here's my thinking: that the Nuggets, while they they may well decide to sign him, he's a free agent. Um, I'm sure they have his bird rights, so they can sign him for whatever. But they may be thinking. You know, yes, he's good, he's versatile, etc. Um, but we have Michael Porter Jr. We have, I mean, that team is very deep, as as we've just discussed. One thing they do not have is a sharpshooter. No, um, they don't. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you want to create more space out there for Jamal Murray, um, you you could use a, a player like Joe Harris. He's a plug and play guy. I could see him wanting to. Play in Denver, a team that, you know, is definitely on the up and up um, and is a young team that that could conceivably get better and better, especially if, if, you know, if I'm Joe Harris, I think that I make a team better. Right. Um, And Jeremy Grant, you know, could play – could be our four. He's very versatile. He's a good defender. He can shoot three, not as well as Joe Harris, but he's he's no slouch in the three department. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think he provides a lot of what the Nets need. Okay. I, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Um, I'm worried that because of how well he played, um, particularly in the Clippers series, uh-huh. um, that he might be slightly overvalued at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if his three point shooting is real, he's a f- crazy good athlete. Yeah. Um, and a really good defender, versatile defender, as you said. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested. Let me, uh, trot out a trade, Simon, that you've turned your nose up at <laughs> before, but I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with it a second time. Uh-huh. Matisse Thibault. We get, hey, it's with the Sixers. You're right. <laughs> we give Joe Harris... Sign and trade Joe Harris and our buddy Torian. Oh, okay. Okay, because that they need three-point shooting, right? They need spacing on that team yeah. desperately. And in return, Simon, we get Al Horford and Thibel. I think do you do you, you know that Matisse Thibel averaged like five points a game, right? Thibel, <laughs> all perennial all defensive player. Our <laughs> wing defense, check it off for the next decade, Simon. We have the best wing defender in the NBA. Yeah, I mean he's he's a very good defender. Um, I'm just gonna check his his um, point thing. He's not. I don't, Wait, I don't do we need speed. buckets? Do we need buckets on this team? Well, we're we're only going to get four point seven <laughs> from him. <laughs> That's his rookie year. Okay, he's just going to get PR ten. When I mean, when he gets to work with a team that doesn't have a head coach <laughs> but has a number of head coaches, right? Imagine right? how well his three point shot is going to develop. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I think he's pretty used to having a coach that gets walked all over. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that is. And I mean, Al very Horford is a savvy veteran defender. That guy is going to get by with Wiles. I mean, sure. Is it one of the most toxic contracts in the league? Yes. Would mm-hmm. we be taking it on just for this sweet, sweet thrill of getting rid of one of our most beloved success <laughs> stories, Joe Harris? <laughs> yes, we would. <laughs> Is it worth it? No, for sure not. <laughs> and we'd be getting rid of Torian Prince. But you would be nice, getting rid of a bad contract in Torian, yeah. A nice piece. Who I don't know. Hell, I still have hope that Prince is going to be good. I think he had a bum. I, you know, he was playing out of position last year. Let's just be real. He's not a four. Torian, He's not a four. Torian, that, it's on official, that, you and I agree. It's official. Torian Prince, not a four. Also official, maybe not a defensive stopper just because someone once claimed he was good at defense. Right. Exactly. With the Baylor Bears, he was a good defensive. <laughs> oh, under uh, under Coach Bliss, he really learned <laughs> how to lock down the other schools in the you know whack conference. Oh, boy. That guy, why did we sign him to an extension? We had never even seen him play for us. It was so quick. Sean, yeah. Sean was convinced he was, the, he was the, the real deal. That is like classic overcorrection when you're 
when you're like, shit, we didn't sign D'Angelo, and then we had to give him a max the next year. So we should sign anyone to any sort of contract that isn't a max beforehand. <laughs> All right. I mean, again, can I, can, can I give you another one? Yeah, since, please do. Since you, you, you're – Right now, defecating all over my Sixers straight. <laughs> Bulls. All right. Bulls have a new coach. Hot shot. Billy Donovan. Hey, need some more oil for that hair? Hot shot. Motherfucking <laughs> thick haired, greasy haired bastard. Uh, all right. Anyway, hot shot. Billy Donovan. They're going there. They don't bring, you don't bring Billy Donovan in because you're like, I want to keep sucking. In the East, I do not want to make the playoffs in the East with Billy Donovan. This his hair is an eighty-two game hair, not a sixteen game hair. Whatever the blah blah blah. Um, You want to win? How do you win in the in today's NBA? You got to get shooters. They're Mm -hmm. hungry for shooters. Oh yes, they're looking for Joe Harris. They're looking for Torian Prince. And in exchange, they looking to give up Otto Porta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I would honestly, again, assuming Otto Porter is healthy, definitely. I, I honestly, genuinely like that that trade. I, I think Otto, I mean, is an excellent three-point shooter. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and a way better defender than, than Joe, who... You know, gives a good effort out there, but yeah. is not a very athletic or big guy. Right, exactly. Um, okay, what's your next one? I'd love to do that one too. Yeah. Um, I my next one, William, is um, it is another guy we've talked about before. You know that I am cuckoo for this guy. Um, the name is Marcus Smart. Uh, <laughs> never now, gonna happen. Never gonna happen. <laughs> but couldn't you see? Oh, okay, it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna just trade the heart and soul of my franchise for Joey buckets. Okay, okay, but picture this, William. Okay, picture this. Possible we were both reality. butt naked. Uh, okay, <laughs> yes, I'm picturing it. Okay. You, you and Marcus Smart on the bathroom floor. You are – it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> it, you are Danny Ainge. You are uh, hearing in your exit interviews that Marcus Smart, you know, screaming at his teammates um, started to grate uh, on, um, on some of them, particularly perhaps your star, Jason Tatum. Um, you know that as, as Bill Simmons has said, kind of your best lineup is like four wings, um, uh, out there and you have a ton of, of wing defense. You have a ton of defense in general. So defense is not, um, something that, that, that you're lacking with or without Marcus smart. Um, though it is better with Marcus smart. You do not have – I was just looking at three-point percentages for, for the Celtics. Um, Tatum shot 40%, which is excellent. Extraordinary. But yeah. no one on that team shoots at the level that Joe Harris does. They, they don't have like a, a, a suck-you-in um, three-point specialist like, like Joey Buckets. So I could see them – 
you know, saying, uh, I mean, I can't really see this, but theoretically it could happen. Uh, you, you, you trade, you trade Joey, um, for, for Marcus Smart. Um, you know, cause again, I mean, you know, they, 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 the, the Celtics do need something, right? Cause it was clear that they, they were not better than the heat who, uh, it seems clear are not, are not better than the, um, Lakers. So they, they gotta, something's gotta change with, with those, um, Celts. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you think Marcus Smart and is would be looking forward to getting to reunite with his former teammate Kyrie Irving? Well, he. I mean, he. <laughs> uh, he did say, you know, publicly, he was one of the one of the Celtics players who came out, and he perhaps most forcefully who said, you know, Kyrie was a great teammate. He. Talk to me a about lot, my lot dad. A lot easier um, to say that when he's gone <laughs> than when he's on the old team. Yeah. We can no, all be true. gracious in defeat, Simon. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, I think you might you might say that was gracious in victory. In Vic, that's what I meant. I meant gracious in victory. Um, yeah, well... I mean, yeah. So, so, um, so that that's you know, there, there's there's a chance there. Okay, I'm gonna give you two other two two trades, rapid fire, and you tell me if you like either, and if not, you can you can uh, tell me to fuck off. Okay. All right. First is with the Bucks. You know what the Bucks need, Simon? A goddamn sharpshooter. They have poor Car- Kyle Corver on the team. <laughs> the dude's in his late 30s. Late 30s. Uh, he, what does he need to be running around looking like a total fool on defense? It's just not a good good look for him. Uh, is there an airplane taking off in your apartment? Oh, Hillary's doing her hair. Hmm. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> What's the ETA on that jet that's taking off by your microphone? What are you stressing me, seatbelt? <laughs> um, the captain has turned on the seatbelt sign. Um, all right. So anyway, Joey Buckets goes to the Bucks because they need shooting. Who do we get in return? Basically, my favorite point guard in the NBA, Eric Bledsoe. Uh huh. Okay. We're back to the Bledsoe. Uh, great, all defensive guy. You know why I like him. I don't. We don't need to get into it. Other one would be Harris and Torian Prince. I really clearly want to get rid of Torian Prince. Uh, and our first round pick this year, number nineteen, Sayonara. Huh? For a guy I have already said I don't really like, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> I would do that trade, yeah. Yeah, for I, sure, I, right? I, I would do either of those. I, I, I think Bledsoe gives us, yeah. I mean, Some bo- toughness, bo- bo- right? Players. Some defensive right. toughness that we, we desperately need. Yeah, I agree. Okay, great. Any other trades that you've got, or have we sort of sorted out Joe Harris's future for him? Uh, I think we're sorted. Do you think, in your heart of hearts, I've, I know I've asked you to look inside that thing a few times this episode, but do yep. you think, in your heart of hearts, Joe Harris is a net at the beginning of next year? I do. I, I do. I would be pretty surprised, honestly. If he's not, I could be a fool believing what, what Sean Marks has said, but I I do think that 
because he is such a like that's as you were saying like the you, you can trade a Spencer and or or Harris and still say you have plenty of what those players provide. Uh-huh. But if you're trading Joe Harris, you are losing something that the Nets need. Like you may be gaining something that the Nets also need, but the Nets definitely need shooting. Big time. Um, He's a great fit on that team. It'd be, yeah. a sh- it'd be a shame to let him go. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also just think he likes the Nets. He's, he's comfortable there. And, and so I'm not sure that he's going to be like particularly interested in moving on unless he gets a very big offer. Well, uh, great. I hope he is. We hope he is. Joe Harris, stay with the Nets forever. Be a forever net. Um, some of you may recall that at the end of these podcasts, Simon and I were visiting various Orlando-based restaurants. Mm. We've now created an entire spin-off podcast. Simon, would you say the name for our listeners? You talking to me and you? You talking or- to Menu? Or, yes, or as you would read it, are you talking to menu? Are you talking to menu, question mark, mark, exclamation mark? Uh, (laughs) It's a show in which Simon and I, believe it or not, talk about menus. So Mm -hmm. if you like the Nets, you'll love that. Uh, So check that out. But before checking that out, please rate and review. Simon, where can people... Send mailbags and comments and movie suggestions and menu suggestions and whatnot. Send them to maybe next time at gmail.com or you can also send them to our Twitter, our Facebook, or Instagram. Don't send them to our Facebook, honestly. Please um, don't. But Twitter or, or Instagram at Maybe next time. At maybe next time. What's up, Simon? You had something to say? Oh, just also, yes. Please rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to us. And, uh, yes, please give us five stars, Uh, even if that's not your honest assessment of us. um, It would really be helpful if you could do us that solid. Yeah, we've really enjoyed spending the last 50 minutes with you. We hope you join us again next week. As we discuss, as we do each and every week, unrelenting week, uh, all things Nest Nation. So we will go ahead and see ya next week. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read